0: Music world moves fast. Want to stay up to date on the latest albums and get in-depth examinations with the artists? Check out Consequence of Sound, the podcast, bite-sized album reviews for the music fan on the go who wants to stay in the know, and much more. Subscribe to the series on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider, and let the writers of Consequence of Sound steer you right. Check it out at consequenceofsound.net slash cospodcast. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith With. It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at wfpk.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, Go ahead, take a moment right now, hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening from, YouTube, podcasts, anywhere. Hit the subscribe button. We put out multiple interviews every single week and would love to keep you along for the ride. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Cat Power, Sean Marshall. She's got a brand new record called Wanderer. And we're going to get into its uh, minimal style that harkens all the way back to Moonpix from 1998. In fact, there's a lot of ties between those two records. And we're going to get into a lot of those as well as talk about the importance and the power behind songs like Woman in Black, her collaborations with uh, Lana Del Rey, and a lifelong practice of Three Chords and The Truth. It's a beautiful record. It's a powerful interview. It's Kyle Meredith with Cat Power. I I think it's been talked about a little bit. It goes back to a minimal style that we haven't heard from you in a a little while. Is is there any reason for that? Was it just necessity of what was laying around? Did it drive you to that, that type?
2: I think that, you know, with my last record with Sun, you know, I was told I needed to make a hit record. For that record, um, it, it changed my. It did something to my process. I'm not sure what it did. I don't want to say it changed my process, but it put me on alert. And so for this one, I was pregnant when I was setting up my studio. And I think because you know, after I had my son, I was three months, He was three months when I started recording. I think that I'd already given myself a lot of layer, a very thick layer of uh, protection for myself, for my body. You know, my health, my child, my home. And I was living in the studio, the the house that I rented, where I built the first studio. So I think that it only made sense that I was protecting my my artwork, you know, my songs. And I I only wanted to listen to whatever it was that I felt I wanted to give
0: the songs. You mentioned your son. I mean, there he is on the cover with, uh, you know, a a little... Little piece of them, anyway, with the guitar. I mean, it, it, symbolism. These are the two anchors in your life. Am I correct? Correct.
1: In
2: that? Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes, you are correct. And, and you called it wanderer. I mean, that's uh, to find stability as a wanderer, as uh, a traveling, you know, musician.
2: Wander actually for me, it, it's it's not about wandering around the world. It's it's a, like a state of mind where we have our life, we have our path and we have choices, I think it's more like a state of mind of, uh, you know, before you set forth, you contemplate, you know, so it's really, you know, we are, I don't want to say as humans caught between, you know, different dimensions, we, we know that those have come before us, you know, we are gone, and we don't really know our future either, so we're kind of just, I don't want to say stuck on our, on earth, but I feel like um, if we can utilize our potential of, self-empowerment uh, and um, liberating ourselves and in our, in a deeper sense of ourselves that it, it may, it may um, embellish fortitude on our path as we go
0: forward. I'll actually bring up a quote then to see if that kind of fits into what you're saying with the first single woman. There is that really powerful line, maybe my favorite, from the record where you say the doctor said I was not my past, that, that I was finally free. Does that fit in a little bit with what you're talking about there?
2: Yes, I mean, I think there's several different things on the record that that show that yeah, there's a sense of closure, you know.
0: I mean, I think your your journey was probably much much harder than mine, at least different anyway. But I know most of us would like to hear those words that we are not our past. You know, that, that we're fi- finally free. I know I certainly would. I mean, that's... Um...
2: I mean, you know, that's also having done the work with in therapy and, you know, holistic medicine, the whole because also of an autoimmune disorder. So the having a doctor tell you that you're, after years and years and years of being like under scrutiny of being just a sensitive, shy person who happened to sing songs on stage, and there was sort of like a scrutiny against that because I wasn't posturing or fabricating, like, a sexuality about myself, I think that it was difficult for me to perform live, I think, you know, when I was younger. And there was a lot of judgment about that. Um, a lot of critics talked a lot about that. But there were a lot of things personally in my life that I internalized since I, since I was a kid. And not until, um, until my mid-30s did I begin work with trying to shed light misdiagnosed over and over through through the system. It was so liberating. It's very hard to describe how
0: You know, and again, this is another powerful moment amongst many on this record. It seems like there's a moment of light from a very dark moment that that happens within that song. How long did it take you to be able to write about that, or, or subjects like that? Is that something you have to put on the <laughs> shelf for a while?
2: No, all of these songs, all of my songs I've ever written, they come. Uh, As quickly as you hear them, as you're listening, that's as quickly as they come out from my brain. They just come out. They just come out like, you know, um, opening a door and wind coming in. And that's how it's always been. I've tried to sit down and write a song without music, and it's impossible. But I usually just play a guitar or a piano and lock into some chord progression, whatever, you know. And it's not that my will is to write a song. My will is to just get a sort of tune up or an alignment. Something's missing. I'm on, there's like a hunger I can't describe. And I'm not even aware that I'm going to be writing a song, but usually I just start playing the instrument and through that meditative quality that happens with rep, the repetition because I'm, I don't really, I'm not a harnessed, a well-versed musician, you know, so all my so- songs tend to be three chords if, if four. You know, Maxim, so it's easy to get into a meditative state, and the words come out of my mouth through melody coming from my, my brain, so it's just, it's very, it comes very quickly, and the song Black is a story about, I was... Yeah, I guess internalized about all the friends I'd lost from heroin addiction and those who are still addicts, those who have survived. You know, and I've been clear from that path for many, many years and those who, of course, have lost their lives, you know. But the song is actually from the perspective of a ghost who's telling the story and the ghost is telling their 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 perspective. You know, things, you should, when people are using, they, they share things with one another, needles. You know, they knot out together, they share space you know they share this like spiritual you know dimension together with drugs and, you know, if your friend is suffering, it's very, very difficult for, you, for them to communicate with you on outside of that dimension they feel that they're on, the drug dimension, you know. So there's, there's always a lot of sadness in my life and loss. But I had a friend overdose in January. It'll be two years. And he survived. But it was the first time, I think because I was a mom, it was the first time I had connected with anger. And he survived. Like, I should be super happy he wasn't dead like all of my other friends, you know, who didn't make it. He was alive, but I was angry for the first time ever, you know. And black comes from that, uh, comes from this. Black is the shadow of the person. It's their shadow. The per- The black is themselves. While they're shooting up, that that's the shadow. And when they're high, the angel of death, the French. I use the French language to put a kind of mirror up was like a fantasy where, you know, this, I'm not, I'm not dying. This is beautiful. You know, so it, it's romanticizes the action of being high, you know, but it's just the perspective of the ghost is, is not showing anger. You know, he's just, he, she is telling um, their perspective. So there's, there's no real judgment. There's no real anger. It's just blunt. It
0: goes back to that line, you know, your anger is a gift. I mean, I've felt that anger towards the same types of situations, you know, or something like that. But uh, you know, to be able to have that ability to harness into something like uh, this—the most purest form of three chords and the truth, as as you were sort of saying earlier in (laughs)
2: there—that's funny. Yeah. Very old school. I think most people that write songs, you know, um, I feel like maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like human beings are very simplistic, you know, natured beings. I feel like we.
0: I was um, sort of comparing a little bit because I know you started this year a little bit with uh, celebrating the 20th anniversary of, of Moonpix, a beautiful record too.
2: Thank you.
0: And there was—I um, don't know—unless I got my, my information wrong, I thought there was some interesting little comparisons, or not comparisons, but similarities, uh, but between then and now because. You know, you would considered quitting music before that record, I right. think, and you'd—I think maybe even considered before before this record. And that one was recorded in Australia. And I think I read somewhere where you considered even going back to Australia. You know, before I know.
2: this, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to describe what I don't. I was also wanting to move to Africa when I really found out right before I found out I was pregnant. Oh, wow! But um, yeah, it's when I found out that I was pregnant that. You know, I don't know I don't know what it is about Australia. There's something about it's like this prehistoric, surreal Africa. I share I share the same um feeling, it has the same resonance for me. The landscape, uh I feel very connected with the earth there. It feels very uh it feels like the earth is open. I don't on a like other dimension. I don't. Do that. I'm speaking of South Africa. I've only been to North and South. I've always longed to go all over the continent of Africa, but I've only been to South Africa and North Africa. But I was speaking about the lands in South Africa, Mozambique, Tanzania. Those are the only places I've been. But there's something. I think it's just this. I didn't grow up with the terrain, um, and I think the animals of those lands and the like uh, cultural. Uh, Indigenous uh, tribal—it's just like this huge reflection of of of, uh, of the past. that, You know, represents a direct link to like all humanity. I'm not sure how to describe it, but I just long for that reality. It just seems uh, normal to me. This other stuff, all this, all this church and this society, and this just seems like a broken. All these broken pillars. All these broken. You know, just false god stuff you know, it's just so corrupted and um, all these people are i i feel like so many people are are so sick you know from you know conforming you know through all these these years and thousands but i just love terrain the terrain in those places feels um comfortable to my mind
0: i mean it's the most primal part of of our history that we could go back to so you know something deep right. inside of us all yeah I'll kind of wrap up here, uh, and and I was kind of hitting at Moonpix there for a second. That record famously had Metal Hearts, which you would re-record 10 years later, and now it's been 10 years later again. What does that song mean to you today, if anything different than it did then?
2: Foremost, Moonpix being the one record, the initial record, where I started to understand that there were some people, I guess fans, that were relating to me as a human that helped them relate to the world around them and when i was younger when Moonpix came out for instance that these people i began meeting these fans they helped me in turn relate to the world that i was living in which i was writing songs and i was very you know uncomfortable feeling like it was pretentious you know like it It's like a, it was a class thing to me. It was like, I didn't go to, I have a 10th grade education. I didn't go to college. Everybody around me in indie rock was in college. Everybody, the record label was in college. You know, I had came from a different perspective. I was still like stealing food from grocery stores just to survive in New York. But there was just, I felt like being attached to this class system title of indie rock, Made me really uncomfortable because I didn't. I knew that I didn't fit in. I knew that I wasn't part of a scene necessarily. Um, I know that may sound strange to you, but I remember being there. And there were some friends that I had made along the way whose bands played and you know put out records and things. And I began to become friends with different bands. And the person that put out Moonpix, the pr- person that recorded Moonpigs, that produced Moonpix, that young girl, she didn't feel part of anything, but over these years, these fans helped her understand that that she was part of something, that she was part of the world their world that they too were in their solitude they too didn't didn't appreciate conformity um the norms the impossibility of those exhausting norms you know in a in so to speak i'm guessing better. Uh, and so then when i went back i had found when i went back for this 20th anniversary i had signed with domino records in, in february and i had given um you know, I was about to master the record and I, I, I waited waited a second because I had um I had just come off tour with Lana Del Rey. Mm-hmm. Um I had this song called Woman which was the first song and the last song that I worked on and then finished. It wasn't a part of the album. I didn't give it to Matador, who said it wasn't, the record was no good, and I didn't give it to Domino, who loved this record, Wander. But when I, I said, hold on a second, and I, asked, I came home from tour with Lana, and I realized, dude, if you sing on this, it's not going to be a sad Cat Power song about my lonely perspective on this topic. It's going to be, you know, your perspective It's going to make more of an impact to young women to young men to people who maybe need to hear it and feel something they need to feel something or they need to feel some kind of (coughs) acknowledgement understanding validation fortification something that anyway and so i asked i asked her and she said yes and the day she came in the studio i had to fly to australia for this Um, 20th anniversary show and she came in the studio and I knew that what I was doing was right I I knew that me not putting it on the album was right initially I didn't know why I didn't know why I didn't want to deliver it I didn't understand until you know I met with Lana became friendly with Lana then went on tour with Lana then became friends and us just talking about our past men, businessmen we worked with, record label people, you know, boyfriends, fa- our own fathers, it made more sense to me. It dawned on me that, you know, and now I'm so grateful that I realized that I needed to put it out because I think that it's exactly the point that we need to see each other as a group. You know, we need to see each other as an ally, an al- alliance, you know. At any time when when our leaders... Are taking away our freedom we need to be seen as an alliance and so um anyway i was on the i had to leave her in the studio because i had to run to the airplane and when i was running to the airplane you know when i got to australia and i'm on stage after the rehearsal to, for the moon Picks album in a dress and i realized you know i'm standing here in a dress you know standing for myself you know this young girl who would never wear a dress. You know she's a tomboy. You know, and she on purpose made sure to be a tomboy. That's what she had to do as a child. You know, she had a reason she had to do that. And so here I am in a dress as a woman. I'm feeling like you know, for the first time, I'm I, I'm more I'm more than competent to deliver this message you know, and before, you know, the year before where I didn't have a record label and, you know, when it was told that I wasn't a good artist, you know, by my ex-label who I thought were my family, which was, I won't even get into that. And Lana reached out to me at the time when I didn't have a record label and reminded me, Sean, what are you talking about? You're part of the musical landscape currently. Like, she reminded me of that old indie rock thing of touring with, you know, Dirty Three and the Blues Explosion, having friends that were part of this time she helped me feel part of a, a part of this time where Nick Cave also reached out to me and asked me to play with him um, when he came to America and you know I needed I really needed that at a time when I didn't have a label they turned their back on me you know the record stores were gone my friends bands pretty much were all gone so when I when I'm in Australia and I'm singing these old songs that I wrote when I was very 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 sure I had no idea if I was going to survive even this life and I'm in a dress and I'm singing these songs it was I was able to sing these songs in a way. If I could go back in time, I felt sure I was doing that that night, telling myself, "You, kn- I knew you could do it, you know, and you know what, I know you're going to keep doing it. And I think that's why that song, Woman, is so important right now because we have had to historically always keep doing it. And that's the bottom line, and I think that's why I wanted to call it a record wander because I believe it's a state of mind. We have to make sure we collect ourselves you know, with our integrity and our sense of being and our purpose before we, you know, and then we have to make that choice in our mind first before we move forward out of abusive relationship, out of a horrible working condition or whatever it is that we need as women, to, as humans to move forward. We do have the choice. We are in the industrialized world. We can't be feeling sorry for ourselves we have to move forward if we can, because the whole rest of the world pr- pretty much depends on us, you know. You know, because we are in the industrialized, you know, and we got to deal with this, you know, this criminal that's running this country. And we're—I know that we're doing the best that we can.
0: That is one of your most powerful songs, and it has already spoken to many people, women and men, uh, myself included. And when November 6th gets here. I'm, you know, hopeful that that alliance, that community uh, does speak out because we have to.
2: Exactly. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And that's part of the, um, we have freedom. We have freedom to do that. We have freedom to expand our community and, you know, search for other communities and empower our community with other communities so that we may tackle this criminal. And it's not about gender or color it's about freedom and being having the the freedom to be strong together to tackle our enemy this criminal and so yeah it's, it's a very important time and it's sadly media media is not going to drive it for us you know we should never trust the media to drive you know this home this message that we need to make sure that our young people are registered that our young people are learning who's the best candidates to you know spread the word about and
0: sean thank you so much i mean seriously thank thank you you so much for all the music for this new record wanderer and all the music in the past too uh i'm looking forward to the show tomorrow me and my wife will both be there
2: oh cool that's great i'm so happy i love louisville i have such a beautiful beautiful my first memory there so beautiful so beautiful Everyone just incredible. I love it. I've missed it so much. Thank you so much for having me back. Louisville, I love you so much. I can't wait to, to sing for you guys.
0: We'll Thank be ready. You. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> Take care.
2: Take it easy. You too. All right, bye. Bye.
0: My eternal thanks to Sean Marshall. The new Cat Power record is called Wanderer. It is out now. And if you haven't, hit that subscribe button right now so you can keep up with these interviews YouTube or uh, podcasts at iTunes, wherever you're getting it from. Subscribe, uh, give us a rating, leave a review as well if you can do that. Then you can head over to wfpk.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern. You'll also find some bonus episodes of this series over there. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time, Consequence Podcast Network.